Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Oh, let's lift our hands and love Him all over the house. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's love Him all over the house. He's a good God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We bless your name, God, that's above every name. How many know there's nobody like Jesus? Can't nobody do me like Jesus can. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's take 30 seconds here and just love Him from our hearts. Let's magnify Him from our hearts. We bless your name that's above every name, God. Your will be done in this house today, this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hey, come on, help brother out. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. Praise God. Go ahead, if you want to praise Him, praise Him. Come on, He's your God. Hallelujah. I didn't forgive you of your sins. He did. I didn't wash your sins away in a watery grave in baptism. He did. Come on, I didn't die for you. He did. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I'm not the healer. He's the healer. Come on, the preacher's not the redeemer. He's the redeemer. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, It's not by my name the devil is cast out of you. It's by his name the devil gets cast out of you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He's a big God. He's powerful. He's still on the throne. When you come in the house of the Lord like this, you're praising the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're praising the God that fearfully and wonderfully made you, that made you of the dust of the earth, that breathed into your life the breath, that breathed into your soul the breath of life. Amen. Praise God. God, God's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of all the glory. You can't outgive him. You can't outpraise him. There is no God like our God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, everybody in the building, you're worshiping something. You may not worship God in this house like God wants us to, but you're worshiping something because everybody's going to worship something. God made you to worship. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I am a worshiper. Tell him, but I'm just going to choose to worship God. I'm not bowing in any other altar. I'm going to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, Come on. We need to talk more about Christ than we do Corona. At what point does fear become an idol? We talk more about what's going on. Well, I hope I'm I hope I'm okay here. We talk more about politics, we talk more about what's going on in our world than we do how good God is, how wonderful God is. I think we need to reshift and redirect our focus. I think it'd be good for some of us to go a week and talk very little about corona and talk about Christ to our neighbor.
Come on, our world needs hope. Jesus is their hope. Our world needs joy. Jesus is our source of joy. Our world needs deliverance. Jesus is our deliverer. Come on, if you talk about him, Jesus is going to show up. And if he shows up, he's going to show out. Anything can happen. Come on, I believe, I believe that in this service, anything can happen. God, God can do whatever he wants to do. If we'll exalt him, he'll show up and show out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Come on, let's praise him. Somebody love Jesus right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, I don't want to have any other gods before you. I don't want any other, I don't want anything in this world to take the place of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout, Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I feel like I've been in church three times in the last 12 hours. Praise God. <laughs> I feel like I got ran over a freight train. Praise God. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm not as I'm not as young as I used to be, and I'm starting to feel it. Amen. I told him Saturday night. Bishop said y'all been doing an in-house revival, having different speakers from the in-house, and so we was talking. This must be an outhouse revival. Praise God. Amen. Welcome, welcome to the outhouse revival. Amen. Get somebody out of state. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's good to have a little fun in the house of the Lord, giving praise and give another shout out to the chemistry class for the wonderful picture and all the goodies you gave in my, my goodie basket. How many, how many is here from the chemistry class? Are you in the building? Raise your hand. There's Sister Bounds. She's a professor. There's another one back there. I see you back there. Any other, other, the other young, young children? Young, there you go. Come on. Thank you, buddy. It's probably your idea, wasn't it? Man, it's an inside joke. They gave me a, a wonderful picture and things in my basket. So you just have to, I'm not going to tell. So you don't ask me to tell you what they did. But <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Such a treat to be with Bishop Bounds and his family and all the ministry staff here, all the preachers in the house. I greet you in the name of the Lord. And uh, we had a wonderful time with the Holy Ghost in the first service. And, uh, and I, I wish I could just preach like 15 minutes, you know, but it's, it's probably not going to happen. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, y'all just wishing I was that tired. Amen. You know, some of you, some of you is laughing, but I just can't see your smiles and you just got them covered up. But amen. It's like the little boy that was, <laughs> oh, never mind. John chapter number four. Uh, his mama told him to sit down and be quiet. And he said, Mama, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Amen. Hmm. Praise God. Amen. I want the Holy Ghost to help us this morning to minister to somebody in this house. And pray that God touches someone. In the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Turn to your neighbor and tell him today's your day to get what you need from God. They used to tell me you're going to get out of this service what you're going to put in this service. You know, you didn't understand something about an evangelist's role. I'm not here with a bag of tricks. 
I'm not here with some um, revival stick that I show up, there's revival here. Revival is what you do. Revival is what you are. Revival is what happens here. I just come in and kind of fan it and confirm what Bishop's been preaching and kind of maybe set the course and it's five-fold ministry working together. Amen. So don't ever, don't ever put the pressure on the preacher, on an evangelist to, to wow you, to entertain you, to preach some great grand, grand message to you. It's like, wow, that was a good message. No, no, it's your hunger and it's your desire that pulls things out of the preacher. There, there is an ebb and a flow. You, the word won't profit you if you don't mix faith with it when you hear it. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing the word of the Lord. But you, there, there's an ebb and a flow here. It's not, it's not the will of God that the preacher gets up and just, you know, sweats and snorts and and bucks and and does his thing and you just sit there. There, there is a a response when you say, "Amen." So be it. Hallelujah. I receive that word. Amen. There is a difference between just clapping. I tell you, I tell you how you want to, and I'm going to get to the scripture here in a minute. We don't, we don't have another service until six, so we got time, okay? You mean, you want, let me tell you how to feel some of the greatest anointings while a preacher's preaching. I'm going to tell you, how, I'm going to first show you how not to experience it, and then I'm going to show you how to experience How not to experience a great anointing while the man of God's preaching is just to sit there. You can, God can, I know God's word's anointing. God can touch you. I understand all that. But I'm talking about when things break off of you. Walls fall down. Things, shackles fall off of you. You know what? It's like this. It's not just amen in the preacher, but it's thanking God for his word. Let's, let's just practice here. I'm, I'm going to say God's good. I want you to say amen. And then when I say God's good, I want you to start turning that to the Lord and say, yes, Lord, you're good, and I thank you for it. Okay? I'm going to say God is good. You say amen. God is good. Amen. Okay? Now, we're, now I'm going to say God is good, and I want you to lift your voice and lift your hands, and I want you to begin to thank him for he is good and affirm what I'm saying. God is good. God, I pray an anointing sweep across this place in this 1030 service. I pray that you'd pour out the Holy Ghost upon every hearer in this service. I pray that you'd break every yoke and chain of darkness. I pray that you would loose this house and loose individuals, loose preachers, loose families. In the name of the Lord, let fear be broken. Let the curse of bondage be broken. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, God's a good God. God is a good God. God is a faithful God. God is a long-suffering God. God is a healing God. He's a miracle-working God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's God alone. He's God all by himself. Come on, let's praise him before I preach right now. Let's lift up the name of Jesus right now in the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
when you affirm the preaching, but you begin to thank the Lord. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. Thank you. Even if it's challenging, you thank you, God, for your word. I give you praise. And you begin to worship and magnify him and lift him up. Lord, you better look out. There's going to be an anointing fall on you. Come on, I'm telling you. I'm telling you how to get something broken in the spirit over your life. Things that you're fighting. Things that you're facing. When you turn your attention towards God, when the word begins to bring forth and the word falls on good ground, it's saying, God, yes, send the seed here. Let the seed get down in my heart. Let it grow up. Let it increase. Let it be fruit come. In the name of the Lord. God, I feel an anointing in this house. Oh, somebody give them a wave offering of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you want to just preach here a little bit? John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4 and verse number 45. John chapter number 4 and verse number 45. So thankful for all the new faces that are here and all the new babies and families and guests that are here. It's been a while since I've been here. And uh, I guess that's my fault. But anyways, <laughs> I'll take blame. It's all my fault. Praise God. Amen. So looking forward maybe to meeting some of y'all. And uh, if you're a guest here, I want to challenge you to come back to hear Bishop Bounds preach. Um, one of the greatest preachers in Pentecost. That was, yeah, that's right. Come on. You know, Anchor, God loves y'all so much, He gave y'all the best. He's a gift of God to you. God, I wish you could feel what I just feel running down my body. God gave you a gift and when He sent Aaron Bounds to pastor this church. Somebody needs to thank God right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Something just broke in this house. My Lord, have mercy. And that gift is going to lead y'all into ways and paths. That gift's going to bless your family. You'd be wise and do well just to link up with that gift. You'd be wise and well to receive that gift. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift your hands. God, the Holy Ghost is in this house right now. Father, in the name of the Lord, do whatever you want to do in this place right now. Let the blessings of the Lord be upon this assembly. Let the blessings of the Lord be upon this church in Jesus' name. Thank you for ministry that's here. Thank you for worship that is here. Thank you for the power of God that is here in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, let's thank him for a preacher. You ought to thank God that God gave you a man of God. Thank God for a preacher. Hallelujah. And if that man of God has come to you and said something to you and give you direction and given you a word and you're not taking adherence to that and you're not receiving that, my question to you is why? My question to you is why not? My question to you, what's holding you up? 
Let me just minister right now. Just, just sit down. Just sit down. Is it because somebody hurt you in your past? Somebody wounded you somewhere that you love dearly and now you're closed off to the man of God in your life? Come on, you're walking down a road of destruction. Why? Because your lifeline to success in the kingdom of God is all has everything to do with whether you receive a man of God in your life. Do you know you can't be saved without a preacher? Come on, come on, I'm already preaching right now. I may never preach what I was going to preach. But you've got to get to the place in your life that when God gave you a man of God, he gave you a gift. He didn't just give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. He he gave you the gift of ministry. He gave you a man of God that loves you. I don't mean, let me just preach about the shepherd. Let me just preach about the smith that knows how to put you on the anvil and get the crooks out of you, get the deception out of you, get the lying out of you, get the cheating out of you, get the hatred out of you. A man of God that will look you in the eyes and say, no, don't go down that road. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable, Bishop, but let me just obey the Holy Ghost here today. There needs to be something and ever God-fearing saint of God that you look at that man of God as a gift and not a curse. He's a blessing and not a burden. He's a helper and not a hindrance. He's your strength. Hey, he's not your savior. Jesus is your savior. But God will put words in his mouth that'll bring you up out of the mercy. It'll bring you up out of the muck and the mire of sin. Come on, I need a preacher that'll tell me how I need to live. I need a preacher that'll tell me how to be saved. I need a preacher that'll tell me no when my flesh is saying yes. I need a preacher that'll look me in the headlights and say, I'm concerned about you. I've been praying for you. I've got a word for you. I've got something you need to hear. You'd be wise in 2020 to hear the voice of a shepherd that loves you a voice of a shepherd that cares about you. I'm, a, I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost right now. I'm preaching to somebody that life and death right now is in your life. You're, you're waning. You're looking. You're looking at options. You're considering different things. And the man of God's come alongside of you and said, I don't want you doing that. And because of rebellion, because of pride, because you've been hurt in your past, you're saying, I don't know if he's right. I, and you're looking at other. I'm just... Have mercy. You're looking at other counsel and you're talking to peers and talking to people that don't know you, trying to justify. Your mind is never more resourceful than when you're trying to justify your actions, saying, Well, I still feel God. You know, the danger of feeling God is you think it validates your actions. You can feel God and not be right with God. The devil can feel God, but he's still the devil. Come on, the backslider can feel God, but they're still backslidden. It's the Spirit of God that's drawing you. It's the Spirit of God that's pulling on you. It's the Spirit of God that's tugging on you. So again, let me ask somebody a question. Why haven't you done what the man of God said? Why not? What's holding you up? What's the thing that's in your spirit that you think you know better than the man of God that's given a voice in your life? Well, you, you can be seated. I'm trying to be good here today, but this is my third service. Let me just walk in the Holy Ghost here today. Is that all right? 
I don't care how you see it. God gave you a gift that can see further than you can see. He sees and understands things that you don't understand. It doesn't make him bigger. It doesn't make him better. It doesn't make him some high purity, some high superior hierarchy. No, 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 no. God gave you a shepherd that when you get out of line, he's got this thing called a staff that can just reach over and say, get back in the fold. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to a wayward son, a wayward daughter. I'm preaching to somebody. You've been living on the peripheral. You've been a little bit carnal, a little bit, and you got upset at your man of God. You know what? It's time. It's time to heal some relationships. It's time to reap. It's time to realign with the man of God and the body of Christ because you can't be saved by yourself. You need a preacher. You need a preacher. You need a preacher that'll preach to you the word of the Lord. Oh, somebody ought to stand to your feet. You ought to thank God that God gave you a man of God that'll preach to you the word of the Lord. Uh, Oh, you say, you say, preacher, you're you're preaching that because you're a preacher. Let me just tell you a little story. How about it? Have a little story time with Shane. This is called an outhouse survival. You just gonna have to bear with me. Last year of my life, I've been in transition. We just recently moved to Oklahoma City. I want to get closer to the airport. There's a lot of things that develop. Um, I had sickness come to my body. I had all kinds of crazy things to happen to get me to the place. It's amazing how God will allow things into your life to get you to the place where you will fall on the rock and you'll fall down at the altar and you begin to surrender to the Lord, saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do and I'll do it whenever you want me to do it. Let me just pause and say this. There's some things fixing to come into your life because you've not heard what the preacher's been telling you, that you want to do it your own way and so God's going to have to crush you. God's going to have to break you to get to the point where you'll submit to leadership and you'll submit to the things of God. I'm not trying to elevate the office of a pastor above everything else in your world. He's not God. He's never tried to be God, but he is sent by God to minister directly to you. And if your family is going to be saved, you'd be... I tell you what I see in the spirit. Some of you need to quit doing this and you need to start doing this. You need to quit doing this to you need to stop you need to stop doing this to your preacher and start doing this and say preacher I disagree but I'm doing it because I trust you. I'm doing it because I trust you. I'm doing it because I trust you. You need to get in that trust position with God and that trust position with God's man. I don't care if you've lost your trust with another preacher in your past. This guy's not like that. His hands are trustworthy. His voice is trustworthy. His family, you can trust. God have mercy. I trust him with my soul. Why are you not trusting him with yours? I trust him. God, I feel the authority of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is trying to save somebody. The Holy Ghost is trying to realign a family that's in this house. I need a man of God. You need a man of God. Oh, somebody praise God right now for his word. Woo! Ah! 
Well, I don't like this about him. I wonder what the children of Israel thought about a stuttering prophet by the name of Moses that had enough gumption to look Pharaoh in the face and tell him to let God's people go. You need to quit looking at the height of his stature. God help me right now. You need to quit looking like all those brothers and like Jesse did when old Samuel came to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king. It was there that he looked across those men and none of them were accepted. He looked at Jesse and he said, is there anybody else? He said, well, there remain another one and as those young men walked by the prophet Samuel nothing moved on him and the word of the Lord did not come to him and he surely said surely this one's it because of his stature and surely but God told Samuel he said you don't look to them as the height of their stature or what they represent in body he said is there anybody else because God hasn't chosen him and God hasn't chosen Eliab and God hasn't chosen but oh Jesse said there remaineth yet the one. He's out there with the sheep. My God, have mercy. No wonder why God gave you a gift in a man. He's not too dirty. He's not too, he hasn't been out too long. He's not too worried about getting your dirt on him. He's not worried about what you've been doing out, in the sh- out there in the wilderness. He's not scared to be around the sheep and with the sheep. And old David out there was smelling like sheep and been around the sheep. It is him that God chose. He tells all those men, he said, you don't sit down because the king is about to come in. And those King David come in there and Samuel got moved on by the Lord and anointed David to be the next king of Israel. Why? Because David was out there with the sheep. Why? David was concerned about the sheep. Why? David had something in his heart that those young brothers didn't have. What are you saying? I'm saying God gave you a David. It's not a scared of your mess. He's not scared of your stink. He's not scared of your problems. But he's got the answer. The answer's in his mouth. The answer's in his ministry. And God's anointed him to break the yokes off your family. To break the yokes off of your marriage. To break the yokes off of your life. Hey preacher, you need a bishop bounds. Hey man of God, you need a bishop bounds. Hey mama, you need a bishop bounds. Hey daddy, you need a preacher you need a preacher in your life I'm preaching. I hope this is okay here today. God, I didn't mean to do all this. There's a young lady here or a young man here. It's you're living your life as you know it, as you want to do, and where you want to do it, and where you want to go, and you're not considering anything in your life, and your future's bright. But if you're not careful, if you don't get a preacher in your life, you're headed for a train wreck. Did you hear what I said? You're headed for a train wreck. But if you can let that David get around you with the oil dripping off his face and the anointing coming down his body and let you look him look him in the eyes and say preacher I've been a sheep I've been the lost sheep out there and the preacher's going to say it's time to get it right it's time to do it right and it's time to get back in the fold it's time for healing there's a lost shepherd in there there's a lost sheep in this house that the shepherd's been looking for there's a coin that's in this house that's in this house but it's lost and you ought to thank God for a praying shepherd You ought to thank God for anointed shepherd. You ought to thank God. Hey, you ought to thank God. You ought to thank God that he tells you straight because truth is the only thing that will set you free. Woo! 
He's the smith. What do you mean by that? He's what God chose to take you and put you on the anvil and heat you up and do a little fixing on you and do a little bending on you. Come on, you're not going to be a part of this rapture-ready church without a man of God to preach to you, to get the wrinkles. He's not going to have He's not going to have a dirty bride. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. He's not going to have a carnal church and a carnal body. He's going to get a body that's without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. How is that going to happen? It God chose by the foolishness of preaching to sit God I wish you could feel the anointing that I feel coursing down my body right now I feel that same oil that I'm talking about it's that anointing running down my body how you're going to get the spots out of your life how you're going to get the wrinkles out of your life it's going to come God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe are there any believers in this house that say it may seem like you're foolish you're yelling and screaming it may seem like out Kelter. Hey, I know the devils I've been fighting to get here. I know the spirit I've been fighting to get here. I know the sleepless night last night. I know the attack on my body. Why? Because somebody is being pulled out of hell. Somebody is being delivered from sin. Somebody is going to say, yes, man of God, preach to me. Yes, man of God, preach to me. Lift your hands and love him right now. Woo! How are you going to survive when people are falling left and right? When people are backslidden? When, when people are not living right and living for God? I'll tell you how you're going to survive. You're going to come to the house of God and you're going to hear the preached word of the Lord. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A preacher called the Smith is going to put you on the anvil and say, because I love you, I'm going to make you into something you didn't think you could be. Because I love you, I'm going to work on you. Get the spots out of you. Get the wrinkles out of you. He's going to get that doubt out of you. That unbelief out of you. That perversion out of you. It's God's word that preaches. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank God for a preacher with a sword in his hand. Thank God for a preacher with a sword that's in his mouth that can preach to you. The word of God that's able to save your souls. Thank God for every elder that's in the house. Why are they here? Because they let a preacher work on them. Why are they here? They let God work on them. Why are they here? Because they knew, you know what? I may disagree at times, but that shepherd knows what's best. That shepherd knows what I need. The shepherd knows where I don't need to go. That shepherd knows who I don't need to be with. That shepherd sees stuff that I cannot see. God, open our eyes and our understanding to the value of a preacher in our life. You don't need it just online. You need a preacher face to face. You need a man of God that will preach to you. That'll tell you no. 
Oh, somebody clap your hands and just act like you like it. Amen. So, back to my transition I was trying to talk about earlier until I got sidetracked. <laughs> you know, you're never more in a critical moment than when you're in transition. And God used health and God used circumstance to get me to submit to his will. I, I miss God because God told me to do something. And I was at where I was at in church, God told me to quit evangelizing for six months and to help a pastor. And I did not do it. I waited for him to open the door. He never opened the door. And so I, I, missed, I missed God. That was in November of 18. In December of 18, I started getting sick. I started health, health issues. When I preached the revival for y'all, I was not right. I had lots of stuff going on. I just, I physically wasn't right. And I was having all this stuff happen and finally said, God, I'll do whatever, I do whatever you want me to do. I did some overseas trips. I'd gotten some battles that really I wasn't big enough to fight. See, you, you, can't, you can't fight this by yourself. You, you, can't, you can't, God have mercy. We need each other. The blood flows through the body, and life is in the blood. We need the body of Christ near us and around us. You need fellowship one with another. You need to know those that are labor among you. You need fellowship one with another. You need to become the, come on, and the hand can't say the foot, I don't need you, and the eye. We all need each other. We're all in this together. You're just as important as I am. You're, come on, your worship is just as important as mine. Your prayer has just as much value as the preacher's prayer. Come on, we're in this together. Somebody say together. And so I was battling all this stuff. Man, I was taking it to prayer. I was praying. I was fasting. I was surviving service after service. I remember going, say, I remember telling Pastor Cody when I was here, I said, Cody, I said, if I pass out before I get to the pulpit, just get me out of here. I mean, I had some, and I was fighting this stuff this weekend because the devil don't want me here. And I'm telling the devil in the spirit world of Zane, Zanesville and the spiritual wickedness in high places in, in the state of Ohio. I'm here and I'm going to do the will of God and I'm going to help somebody in Jesus name. If I've got to fight in the spirit to see you delivered, I'm going to fight in the spirit to see what you need from God almighty. Come on, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Come on, you're a child of the king. You're powerful and anointed by God. God's hand is upon you. God's blessings are upon you. Don't you let the devil rob you of the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's here. It's no time to bow out. It's no time to quit going to church. It's no time to quit worshiping. It's time to plug in, to lock in. It's time to say, we are the church of the living God. We are powerful. We are anointed. We're going after this. We're going to follow him as he follows Christ. We're going to get... I'm challenging somebody. It's time for you to get in sync with ministry at the anchor. It's time for you to get in sync. I'm told, what I'm telling you is if Bishop takes one step, it's time to stay in step with the preacher. It's time to stay in step with the preacher. It's time to stay in step. It's time to get in sync with the man of God. Not say, okay, preacher, if that's the way you want to go, that's okay. You just go all by yourself. No. What the Holy Ghost needs at the anchor is to get in sync with the bishop. We need every campus church. We need every man 
man of God, every woman of God, every family. It's time we get in sync. Don't let coronavirus get you out of sync with your man of God. Don't let fear, don't let depression, don't let anxiety get you out of sync. We got to stay in sync with the preacher. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. In step, in step, in step. Instant. Okay, preacher, phase two, we're good. We're going with you, phase two. We're going to phase two. Come on, preacher, when phase three gets, we're just going to be in step. We're going to respect your what your decisions are. Come on, we're not going to bow up, buck up. We don't care what the political world says. We're going to get in step with the preacher. If the preacher says to phase two, then we're going into phase two. If the preacher says we're going to stay at phase two, we're going to stay at phase two. Why? Because God's given the shepherd the foresight and the knowledge to protect. Come on, the shepherd's not to hurt you. He's to help you. He's to strengthen you. He's to undergird you. He's to be there for you. So I miss God. And I I just, God told me to do something. I didn't do it. I, I was waiting on somebody else. I was waiting on somebody else to open the door. I miss God. So I started getting all kinds of health issues. I started getting all stuff. I called that pastor later on. I said, man, I miss God. I apologize. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I went through all the lists, but I, I needed I needed a transition. And so God put me in a transition. He moved me to another church just, just recently. It actually happened a year ago, but God did it. I was in a district conference. It was happened to be at the church where God transitioned me to. And I got to prayer on a Thursday night. I hope this is okay here today. And the Holy Ghost said, you're to come here for a season. That's on a Thursday. On a Friday night, I went to the, it's amazing what happens when you pray. On Friday, I went to prayer. I went into the church early to pray at that district conference. The Holy Ghost spoke to me again and said, you're to come here for a season. I walked in the back door of that church that night. A young man by the name of Jason, he greeted me. And you know what he said? He said, welcome home, Brother Burns. He had no idea. The district conference was held at the church that God wanted us to transition to. Two hours from where I lived. There was a lot of things that had to come together. There was a lot of things that had to click. But I made that transition. I'll never forget last year. In July or June of 2019, I called Bishop Martin. He's the superintendent of Oklahoma. That's where I had attended for 13 years. I said, Bishop, what are you doing? You got a few moments? He, he said, sure, I'm in the boardroom reading the Bible. I went in there. We'd already talked back and forth about our transition. And I'm not telling you this, sir, that it's time for you to transition to another church. I'm telling you my story. And I'm going to tell you how God will challenge you to make sure you stay in alignment with the man of God. Okay? And so I began to talk back and forth with him. Come on, and if your man of God told you no and you're doing it anyways, why? He's told you no and you're doing it anyways, why not are you not responding to the voice of the shepherd? I can't get off of that. If he's told you no or told you to do something or told you to realign or told you to make some adjustments and you still are vacillating and you're still trying to make a decision, what you're, why not? Why have you not done it? See, you're waiting. the blessings that God has above you are being held from you because God's waiting on you to respond to what the voice of the shepherd said. My God, have mercy. Come on. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Come on. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Yeah, that'll happen if you've got a shepherd in your life. Yes, that'll take place if you've got a shepherd in your life. 
So I met with Bishop. I said, Bishop, i got to make a transition. I said, it's got to happen. We had already talked. He already knew where I needed to go because it was three months prior. God told me where. I said, I haven't got the house sold. And it took 10 months to sell the house. But I said, something's got to happen. Something's got to give. I can't keep going. I needed more covering, more apostolic covering. Let me tell you, you sometimes won't realize the value of covering until you know what it's like to be uncovered. Amen. But when you get covering in your life, immediately when I made transition, a lot of the things that I was facing and fighting, they instantly stopped. Did you hear what I'm saying? When you come under covering, there's some things because sometimes God don't fear you. He fears your covering. And so when you're covered and you're under you're under the shepherd who is Jesus and under the under shepherd who's your man of God there's some things that you will not have you better hear me right now there are some things that you will not have to fight because the shepherd that you're under has already won those battles and conquered those things that no longer has dominion and authority in the church's life and it's a protect there is a layer I think we we don't understand sometimes the value of a preacher and the value of an apostolic covering because when you get under covering there are some things that you'll never face because of that covering so when I come I remember that week I, I met with Bishop Martin and I, and I called Bishop Sharp where I was going to make the transition two hours away and um, I talked to Pastor Jason it's a, it's a Bishop Sharp and then and Pastor, Pastor Jason Sharp it's a father son transition that's going on and uh, where, where I attend now, and I called, I called Jason. He said, he said, bro, he said, where, 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 where are you going to be at this week? And I said, man, I really feel like I need to be at Calvary. That's the name of our church, Calvary Christian Center. I said, I really feel like I need to be there. He said, you need to call Dad. So I called Bishop Sharp, and I, I've never had this happen before. It's amazing. I called Bishop Sharp. I said, Bishop, I, I feel like it's time to make the transition. He said, he, he's an amazing guy. He said, Brother Burns, he said, God woke me up last night. At 3 o'clock in the morning. And this is what he told me. He said, Brother Burns, God put your family in my heart. You see, it's not just a preacher that's preaching. God takes families. He puts it in the preacher's heart. That's why he speaks to you the way that he does. Because he's got your best interest in his heart. He's got your future in his heart. He's got your future down the depth. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Oh, he's not doing it out of selfishness. He's not doing it out of what he can get from you. He's not doing it because you're tithing. He's not doing it because of your talent. He's not doing it because of your time, your treasure, or your talent. But he's doing it because he's got your family in his heart. And it's his best interest. It's in his heart. So I knew it was the time. I went there. I went there on a Sunday. Had great church. Tuesday. Tuesday. I felt led to call Bishop Sharp. I said, I, I said, Bishop, I, I just feel like I need to need to talk to you. He said, Brother Burns, I have a, a big long text message ready to send to you. But I asked God that if it's his will for me to send this text message to you, that you are to call me. And he said, you called me just like that. He said, Brother Burns, he said, I feel like you need to go on a sabbatical. He said, I feel like you need to cancel everything. And immediately I felt three months. And the man of God felt three months. You see, it's okay to sit. God help me right it's so tired. It's okay just to take it easy and just stop for a while. And I remember, I remember Bishop, you guys, mind you, I'd been there one service, and two days later, the bishop is saying, Cancel everything. You got a choice. You can do it or not do it. 
But it resonated in my spirit. And I felt it. I said, that's fine, Bishop. I said, we'll do it. I said, I, he said, I feel three months. I said, I feel three months. I got on the phone. I called every meeting. I, I kept one thing. He said, that's, you can keep that because it's a, it's a deal that you need to keep you need to do. I canceled everything for three months. You know, it took me six to eight weeks just to get my mind back. Some of your healing is predicated on the fact whether you can hear the shepherd's voice or not. I'm telling someone the things you've been going through and the things you've been facing and the things you can't get off of you and things that are oppressing you. You know why? It's because you're not listening to the voice of the shepherd. Healing is going to come to you if you're willing to say... That's fine. I don't understand. I don't know what God's up to. But yes, here I am. I submit. I submitted to that. God started healing me. I started getting better. I started getting my mind back. You guys don't understand what shape that I was in physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. My wife, the shape she was in. And I start, God started changing. See, you just see the preacher. You don't see the pain. God help me right now. You see the preacher and you don't see the purpose. You see the preacher, but you don't see the process. God's working on each and every individual. And everybody needs a man of God in their life that can tell you, I need you to stop for a while. I need you to smell the rose. I need you to realign some things in your life. And so I submitted to it. Healing started coming. I started, I, I remember after that sabbatical, walking down the side of the church, and I said, I said, God, I, I feel like a preacher again. God, I, I feel like an evangelist again. I lost my identity. I had died. I, I remember said, God, I, I hope this is okay here today. How long I've been going? I'm trying to hurry. I remember meeting with Bishop outside his outside his back porch, and I told him, I said, Bishop, I'm so broken. I'm so broken. I'm so numb. I can't even feel God. I can't even feel anything. He looked at me and he said, He said, Now, he said, I know that you're broken because you're numb and because you're dead. You can't even feel anything. Can I tell you the blessing is in the brokenness? And when God breaks you, He can put you back together. He can heal you and put the pieces of your life. It's okay. I'm preaching to somebody. You're in a season of brokenness. That is not your inner. It is not your foe. That season of brokenness is your friend. Have those conversations. I said, Bishop, I, I, I'm starting to feel like myself again. I'm a totally different guy than I was prior to all this. Now I'm a totally different man because I've seen the other side. I know what it's like. I remember, uh, this is where I'm trying to go. I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Everybody all right? I'm trying to hurry. Bishop said, take my time. So I'm just going to take my time, all right? I remember we was trying to find a house. We wanted to be so far from the airport and so far from the church and so far from my mother-in-law. It was so difficult in the metro. Houses were selling. People were moving to Oklahoma City like crazy. Houses are just going. It's just crazy what's happening there. And we were looking. We looked, we looked for six months. We just kept looking. We kept looking. We finally, I got online one day and seen a house that had been on the market that had come, that went off the market. But when it came back on the market, it was $100,000 cheaper, $125,000 cheaper. 
Yeah, it was a big deal, especially in, in, a, in a seller's market where the market was saturated with buyers, people selling houses like crazy, especially the location, trying to get where the church, or trying to get the airport, all these parameters. My, we put a list, all of our kids put a list, what they wanted the new house to pray about it. So we were, we were looking for that, that God thing. You know what I'm talking about, that God place. And, and we were looking, and, and all of a sudden this thing come back on. A guy in our church by the name of Joe owns a real estate company, and he had been working. Man, I've been wearing his hideout. We had been looking at everything. Making all kinds of appointments, looking at all kinds of houses, and you'd walk in and be like, nope, this ain't it. Nope, this ain't it. Nope, this ain't it. You just knew it wasn't right, you know. And I was like, man, I'm sorry. I said, I hope, I hope it works out where you can sell us a house one day. And we're going back and forth, and and finally this house comes back on, and we we go look at, it, and it's everything like we wanted. It was great. The views in the backyard. The kids wanted a swimming pool. We never had a swimming pool before. They wanted one. It had one. I mean, it had a great place for preachers to come to minister to them and for be around. It was amazing. The price was amazing. All this stuff. I'm setting, I'm setting in the house at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, I need to call Bishop, see what he feels, check him out. I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to ask the pastor about every decision. But if you're making a big life decision, at least mention it to him. I hope that's okay. At least tell Sister Bounds, hey, we're thinking about doing this. It's amazing how some people will come to the pastor's wife and say stuff to her because they're too scared to go to bishop. Why? Because sometimes you don't want to hear what the man of God says. You want to get a second hand and let her say, yeah, come on now. So I called him up. He was at a conference. I kept trying to get a hold of him. He wouldn't answer. I, I told him about the house. I prayed about it. I, I, you know, I went on all the stuff and whatever. And uh, he, he, he just, he, I felt like he was ignoring me, you know. I just, that's the way I felt, you know. And I knew, I told the realtor, I said, if we don't make an offer today, the house will sell tomorrow. That's what I told him. I said, we, I said, is the house? I told my wife, you want it? Yeah, kids, yeah. Okay, uh, all right, let's make an offer. I said, but I won't talk to Bishop first. So finally, we leave, we leave the addition, we walk out, we're, we walk out of the house to get in the cars, we're driving down the road, Bishop calls. Brother Burns, <laughs> yes sir. He said, Brother Burns, he said, every time I pray about that house, I don't have a peace about it. He said, Brother Burns, and you originally told me that you want to be 20 minutes from the church. I looked up that house, it's 25 minutes from the church. Five minutes? Five minutes difference? I mean, I can speed, right, and make up five minutes. Officer, you didn't hear that. You're a new officer. I bet you give lots of tickets. Help him, Lord. He said, Brother Burns, he said, every time I pray about that, I don't have a peace about it. He said, I just, I just don't have a peace about it. He's real big on follow peace. And he said, I don't, I don't, I don't have a peace about it. I'm like, oh, oh, boy. I told my wife, I said, I said, Bishop, don't have a peace about that house. She starts crying. Four up. Six months in transition. Trying to find a place to call home. Try to find a place to be in the will of God. God, you told me to go there. What's the deal? God, you told me what I'm supposed to do. What's the deal? What's the holdup? She said, I said, let's go grab somebody. Nope, I'm not hungry. I'm not eating. Take me to the motorhome. Took the motorhome. She crawled up in the bed. She cried. She prayed. She was tore up from head to toe. 
I was like, God, what am I going to do? I didn't know what to do. I called people. I called preachers. I said, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't feel like, God, this is a submission test. And Bishop finally said, he said, I don't have a piece about it. He said, but if you want to do it, he said, you, you can do whatever. I have my, you have my blessing. I'm like, you got a peace, but you're going, you don't have peace, but you're going to bled. No, 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 no. So I started calling guys, and, and some of them said, some of them said, bro, if you, it's a great deal. I mean, you're, you're going to have $100,000 in equity in the house. This is a miracle. This is crazy. I asked Joe, I said, you ever see anything like this? He said, I see one deal like this every seven to eight years. So what do you do? I just, I called counts. I called different people. I called them, whatever. And then I said, nope. I'm not going to do it because if the bishop don't have a piece about it, I'm not going to do it. And I don't care if it's just five minutes difference uh, and it's out of my parameters uh, of what I want. Can I just tell you, God have mercy. And then I told bishop, I said, I'm not even going to consider the house. Guess what happened? It sold the next day. And Bishop said, he said, I feel like there's a house that's on, on the east side of I-35. I said, Bishop, there's only one other house. I have looked for hours. I have looked for months. I have prayed. I have worked. I have done everything possible to make this happen. I'm done. I can't do it. I said, there's one house that, that's on the east side of 35. I'll go look at it. We walk in this house, and it's everything we had prayed about. The location, it's like 15 to 13 minutes from the church. It's 20-something minutes from the airport. Everything like we wanted. I made the guy an offer. He turned it down. He countered back. I made him an offer. He turned it down. He said on one of those offers, 10 or 11 days, no response. Matter of fact, they moved out and went on to Arizona. Didn't even respond to us. I'm in Texas, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a in a evangelistic quarters. I was preaching in Texas. My phone rings. It's Brother Joe, my realtor. He said, Brother Burns, he said, uh, the realtors got together and they told the, the seller of the house that you guys want to buy that they would both lower their commissions to offset the price so it'd be, it would be acceptable to the seller so we can get the deal done. He said, I told, we told the seller of the property this and the seller of the property said, no. He said, I want y'all to have the full full commissions, and I'll do what they want to be done, and I will sell them the house. Guess what day it was? It was on my wife's 40th birthday that they accepted the house to sell that house and give it to us. See, that don't do anything for you, but it lets me know the very numbers of my hair are numbered. It lets me know God knows exactly where we are. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise right now. Hallelujah! So we sold our other house on my daughter's 10th birthday. We signed a contract on our new house on my wife's birthday. You're, you're going to love this. We closed on our new house on Julian's birthday. Jillian's birthday. Not Julian, Jillian's birthday. Don't tell me God don't know what he's doing. My daughter adores Jillian. And God said, okay, I'm going to let you close on your house on her birthday. That's what happens when you submit to the man of God. Blessings. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to wrap it up. Musicians, come on back. I'm telling someone in the Holy Ghost today, the submission to authority and to the man of God, even when you don't understand, is the difference between blessings in your life and a rocky road coming down your road. I'm telling someone today in the fear of God that whatever that you have not done when the man of God said do, it's time for you to get in place and position with God 
God and under authority so God can bring blessings in your life and restore your soul. Lift your hands with me all over the building and love him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift your voice and love him right now in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, come on, every decision, every choice, in the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody seek God right now. Just make it, make sure, make sure that you're in line with the man of God. Come on, I don't want to go to you individually. I don't want to come to you individually and say, hey, now it's time to get it right. You know who you are. You know the place and the alignment that you've been with God. It's high time for you to wake out of your sleep. It's high time to say, Okay, preacher, I get it now. I'm going to submit to your authority. I'm going to do what you want me to do. Come on, with those hands raised and those voices lifted up right now. Come on, God's after submission. He's after a lady that's out of submission to get in submission to your husband. He's after He's after somebody in leadership that you struggle with some things that you don't like around here. He's saying, I don't care what you don't like. Submission is the blessed life. Submission is the best way. Submission is the answer. Submission is the key to your success in ministry. It's the key to your success in living for God. Come on, somebody pray right now in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the smith. I'm talking about the preacher. I'm talking about the shepherd. I'm talking about the man of God that comes along. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Come on, Zion, cry aloud. Come on, Zion, worship God. Come on, Zion, reach. Reach for submission. Reach for submission to the man and the will of God. Come on, there's an undercurrent. There's an undercurrent of anointing in this house. There's a release of God's power. There's a release of the anointing of the Holy Ghost on your life. But it's going to come by true submission. It's going to come by yielding. It's going to come by telling the flesh no and telling God yes. It's going to come by saying, I don't understand, but I'm going to submit to being baptized in Jesus' name. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost because the man of God said in the Word, that's what I needed to do to be saved. Come on, let's talk to the Lord as God navigates direction right now. Come on, would you close your eyes with me all over this house? Would you begin to talk to Jesus right now? Come on, God knows. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. The gift, the gift of a preacher. The gift of a preacher. Oh, God. Thank you for a preacher, Lord. Thank you for a preacher. Would you stand with me all over the house? For the Nehemiah, you are where you are because of a preacher. Come here. You are where you are because of a man of God. Sis, you are where you are. Come join your husband. You are where you are because of a man of God. I'm not, I'm not elevating. Please understand, I'm not elevating the preacher above Jesus. I'm not understanding. Please understand that. No, it's because a preacher preaches you truth. He's got a choice. 
I've got a choice. I don't have to obey God. I could have just preached what I preached today, but I feel like I need to obey the Holy Ghost today. Why? Because people need to be pulled out of hell. Brother Sawyer, come here, Bubba. You're here because of a preacher. Come join us up here, Bubba. Thank you for Sawyer, Lord. Thank you for this young man, Jesus. I give you praise for Sawyer. I thank you, Lord, for who he is. I thank you, Jesus, for his dad and his family. <laughs> I got to love you, Sawyer, just as much as I love your daddy because you're connected to a shepherd that I care deeply about. Oh, God. Come on, we're all byproducts of a man of God. You are who you are. You act like you act because a preacher's influence on your life. It's because a preacher preached to you. Elders, thank you for who you are. But you're here because of a preacher somewhere in your past. Would you lift your hands with me all over the building? Come on, I want all the preachers that are in the house to join me on the platform. If you're a preacher, if pastor, if bishop bounds, acknowledge you as a man of God and as a preacher in this church, I want you to come join me on the platform. You can social distance, wear your mask. Elders, if you need to, please, whatever you need to do to be cautious, I want you to do so. If you're a preacher, come join me on the platform. Bishop acknowledges you as a man of God, as a preacher. He lets you preach in his pulpit, etc. And elders, if you're uncomfortable with coming for social distancing, you can stay there on the front row. I want to respect whatever your desires are. Oh, God. You're valuable to the kingdom of God. Your voice matters. Your voice matters. What you do with your life and your personal time, it matters to God. Because what you do and who you are, and when you minister, your spirit and who you are reflects into the body. It matters who you marry. It matters what you do. you got to make sure that the counsel and the guidance of the bishop and your decepts and the process are right. Because two are better than one. I've seen a lot of people marry beneath them and it hinder their ministry. I'm not saying the one you're dating is the wrong one, but I'm saying you better make sure because women in general, when it comes to ministry, they're either going to hurt you or they're going to help you. They're either going to pull you out of the will of God. Come on. Come on. And what goes for the man of God goes for the pew. Come on, somebody. Come on. It matters who you marry. They're either going to pull you one way or they're going to pull you the other way. They're going to pull you closer to the will of God. And I've, I've seen some, I've seen some men get ahead of their wives. And you, you, you got to be careful with that. you got to say, come on, honey, let's do this together. Come on, come on, honey, we, we can do this together. Come on, come on, we can work, we can pray together. Come on, you got to be the priest of your home. And you got to be willing to work together. But, but you got to understand, it's not just about you. You are a team in the kingdom of God. Could it be, I hope this is okay, could it be that God's got some of us in a holding pattern and waiting on us to land? We're just in a holding pattern. We're just in a holder pattern, waiting to get clearance to land. We're just in a holding. Why? Because God's waiting on one of us, one of the spouses to ante up. He's waiting on one of us to come alongside and say, okay, somebody say, I.
can do better. Somebody say that. I can do better. To the witness of that, I can do better. I can be a better saint. I can be better at submission. I can be better at worship. I can get better at knowing Him. Bishop, I want to be in love with Jesus. I want to know Him. I don't care if you don't know me. I want to do better. I want to do better at knowing Him. Sawyer, if Uncle Shane does anything well, I want to do good at knowing Him. Elder, thank you. Thank you for paying the price. Sis, thank you. It ain't always been easy. The sacrifice, the things that you've said no to, to say yes to the things of God. God loved you so much that of all the women in the world, He chose you to be beside Him in ministry. And look what God's doing. Some of the greatest moments in the Holy Ghost I've seen in McConnellsville. Some of the greatest outpourings in the move of God. But it's because a woman comes alongside of a man and say, hey, God pulled us out of muck and pulled us out of the mire and pulled us out of chaos and pulled us out of perversion and pulled us out of the world and put us in a kingdom of God under his leadership and made us who we are. He molded us. Why? Because the value of a Come on, lift your hands and love him. Thank you, elder. Thank you, elder. Thank you, elder. There's more preachers out there that God's going to call before it's all said and done. There's a more, there's a clarion call of apostolic ministry that God's begun to reach and God's begun to pull on. He's going to begin to tug on you and you got to get in alignment with that man of God. you got to get in alignment. Come on. There's still some more missionaries. There's still some prophets that God's going to birth in this church. There's still some great anointings that God's about to send, but it's only going to happen when we understand the value of a preacher. Preacher, preach to me. Preacher, preach to me. Come on, pay the price, sir. I know you're young, but pay the price. Get a hold of God. Get a fresh word from God and preach to me. Sorry, I know I brought you up here. I don't know if you're going to be a preacher or not, but I just brought you up here. I'm not saying you're preaching or not. That's up to you and God. But preacher, preacher, please, please to preach to me. Preach to me. I represent hungry people. I represent hungry souls that need the gospel. Come on. And it's got to get more than just the preachers. Saints, you've got to preach this gospel. What are you saying? I'm not a preacher. No, but you can share the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can tell your testimony. You can tell somebody what God did for you. You can tell your neighbors. we got to get this message out. This Jesus name message. Thank you, Brother Nutter. Thank you, Brother Nutter. Brother Nutter, I watched you. 
I've watched you just the little times that I've been here. I've watched you grow and morph into that daughter's work in Kashokton Kashokton that now is a campus work. I watched you grow and mature in the Lord. Not that you was immature, but God grow and that burden came on you. And I've watched you say no to things that you probably want to say yes to. And I've watched you cut things out. Why? Because you said, God, I just want to obey you. I just want to please you. Why? It's the impact of a preacher that impacts another and surely now others will be impacted by you and others will get the Holy Ghost. Preacher, keep on preaching. Keep on preaching. Preachers, when you're weary, keep on preaching. Saints of God, when you can't feel God, won't you tell somebody how God good is? Don't you tell God, tell somebody when you when you don't know what to do, reach out to a loved one that's lost. Reach out to somebody that needs this apostolic doctrine. Tell them what God did for you. Preacher, preach to me. Don't water it down. Don't beat around the bush. Put me on the anvil. Smith, I need you. I need you to tell me. I need you to say it's five minutes too far. I need you to tell me to know. I need you to tell me not now. It's not never, but it's just not now. I need you to tell me the time will come. God, I feel such a heavy burden right now. I'm reaching for somebody. You don't have to be lost. You don't have to live in sin. You don't have to live your life for the moment. You don't have to live in ungodly relationship. You can cut some things off. You can tell some things. No, I'm reaching for someone today that knows you're not where you need to be with God. I'm inviting you. I'm pleading with you. I'm preaching to you. I'm reaching for you. Get right with God. Get your heart right. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. God's got a gift for you. It's a gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you'll repent and tell God you're sorry, you see some of you are feeling dirty. Why? That's conviction. God's talking to your heart. He's trying to get you right. He's trying to get you healed up. He's trying to help you get right with Him. Would you close your eyes all over the building? Would you bow your heads? God didn't call many wise or many noble but God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that belief I'm reaching for someone right now I'm reaching for a couple I'm reaching for a family say preacher I'm going to the altar and I'm just going to surrender Wear your mask, social distance, do whatever you need to do. But I'm opening these altars everybody in this house that would say, God, I'm signifying a thankfulness for a man of God in my life. Won't you come with thanksgiving? Won't you come with praise? Come on, don't be hesitant right now. This is the will of God. Don't be hesitant right now. Maybe somebody needs to get your heart right with God. You need deliverance. You need to be set free. You need the Holy Ghost. Would you come? Come on, why? Why are you holding back? Because the flesh. Don't let the flesh win this morning. Let the Spirit say, God, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll come. Yes, Lord. Oh, would you come? Would you come to the altar? Would you come and cry out and pray? Preachers, I want you to stretch your hands toward this audience as they come. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I love you. I thank you. I worship you. I lift you up. Come on, pray. Would you pray in the Holy Ghost right now? Thank you. Thank you for obeying the Holy Ghost. Thank you, ladies. I'm looking for some men here today. Come on, men, come.
Come on, lift your voice and cry out. Come on, you can receive strength right now. You can be born again of the Spirit right now. Come saying, God, I thank you for a preacher. God, I thank you for a man of God in my life. Come on, they're going to play and sing. Preachers, would you pray? Stretch your hands. Toward this. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.